0: Good morning. We'd like to welcome you all to Houghton Wesleyan Church on this beautiful, sunshiny day. Are we thankful for the sun? I know I am. Let's stand, please. Let's worship our God together through song.
1: We have power over the grave Christ the Lord is risen today How can it be the one who died has borne our sin through sacrifice to conquer every sting of death? Sing, sing alleluia. For joy awaits. He is risen Christ is risen He is risen indeed Oh, sing Hallelujah! Join the chorus Sing with the redeemed Christ is risen He is risen indeed Where doubt and darkness Once had been But blessed are those who have not seen, yet sing hallelujah. Once bound by by fear, fear, now bold in faith, they preach the truth and power. He's risen indeed. Oh, sing Hallelujah! Join the chorus, sing with the redeemed. Christ is risen, he's risen indeed. The power that raised him from the grave now works in us to powerfully save. He frees our hearts to live his grace. Tell of His goodness Christ is risen, He's risen indeed Oh, sing hallelujah Join the chorus, sing with the redeemed Christ is risen, He's risen indeed Christ is risen, He's risen indeed Oh, sing hallelujah See you. friends. In your
2: Father, we have come to worship you today because you are greater and stronger, more loving, full of grace and mercy. And we thank you that we come today to worship the risen Christ. We pray that you would bless our worship, let it glorify you, and let it lead us into deeper faith of you. We pray this through Christ. Amen. Amen. Share word of greeting with others here in worship before you're seated. It's great to see you as uh, we gather for worship today. You'll notice a number of inserts in your bulletin this morning, uh, one about the 30-hour famine uh, that the youth group is doing. There also is uh, opportunities for you uh, with children's ministries, in the nursery and children's church over the course of the summer. Much of the ministry in those areas are staffed by college students. and Of course, uh, they'll be leaving uh, in a month or so or a little less, even for many. And so we uh, appreciate your help uh, working with our children and uh, sharing uh, Christ with them through very tangible ways. So if you can help in that, you can see see the inserts there. There's also an insert about next weekend, and it's our emphasis on missions. Uh, You see that there's an event on Saturday morning, uh, 10 to noon in the community room, and there's a sign-up sheet in the back uh, just to get an idea of how many people will be here. I'd love to have you be a part of this gathering, and then next Sunday morning and evening we'll have uh, special events uh, as a part of our missions weekend. we hope you'll be a part of that. Wednesday evening, uh, back to our regular schedule of activities for children, youth, and adults. And uh, also, we are pleased to welcome our district superintendent this morning, uh, Reverend Joey Jennings. He'll be sharing with us in the service that he and his wife, Mary Beth, are here. And we, uh, we appreciate their leadership over our church and the other 32 churches in western New York. And uh, we're excited about having them here this morning in our, in our gathering of worship. We're going to ask the ushers to come and assist us in the giving of our tithes and offerings and children ages two to five may be dismissed for Children's Church.
1: Join the assembly Stars in the canopy The trees of the field And mountains make way nation of royalty, once held in slavery, rising to to offer their praise. children of purity you dance over darkness and walk over death this world cannot hold you no evil can harm you your life is safe in his hands all who are weary come to the fountain all who are broken Salvation Mystery That lies.
2: For a while, we've been uh, using the altar rail as a place where you can come and pray, and there's nothing magic, magical about that, but sometimes it, it just the posture of kneeling is what we feel best communicates how we want to pray. And so this morning, if you would like to use the altar rail, uh, please join me as we pray together. Eternal Father, we come to you in this moment of prayer because in a shaken world, we seek stability. In a noisy world, we need inner peace. In a fearful world, we want courage. In a world of rising and falling empires, we crave a vision of your eternal kingdom. This morning, we come with all kinds of concerns and burdens and struggles in our minds and in our hearts. More than anything, we seek you. As we quiet ourselves before you, speak to us and hear our prayers. Father, we pray that you will bring peace in our world. We pray that you will hold back the forces and systems of evil. Encourage every person who is working for justice and good. We pray that the leaders of this world... will do everything in their power to bring about justice and good and righteousness and let it begin in our nation. We pray for your church. Unite your people where there are threats of division. Lead your people to the truths of your word rather than the divisiveness of our limited human understanding. Protect your church from attacks both inside and out. And may your people be known by the loving spirit of Christ. Father, we pray that you will make us a church committed to love you and to love one another. Give us your vision, your wisdom, your your generosity, your grace, that we might continually bear witness to Christ In this place. And in this place. Heal our diseases. Comfort our grieving souls. Make us known as people who forgive one another. And who care for one another. Fill our minds with your truth. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our souls with your spirit. Father we pray for. The team that's preparing to go to Haiti. And we ask that you would bless them and encourage them and strengthen them for the task ahead. And may their time there be fruitful for the church in this nation that desperately needs you. Use them, strengthen them, do miraculous things. And for all of us, Father, kindle our faith. Rebuke our infidelities. Make our consciences sensitive. Give us strength in our troubles and send us out strong in the Lord, in the power of your might. And we pray this through Christ Jesus, the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come.
0: The reading today is from Matthew 6, 28 through 34, found in your pew Bibles on page 961. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Please remain standing.
1: Just another song, more than one more melody. Maybe what we need is silence. Maybe what we need is to be still and listen for the still small voice because we don't want to miss a whisper. Jesus, now we lean in closer and we wait. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Your servants are listening. Speak, are listening, your servants are listening. Lord, we want to know your heart. Lord, we want to know what moves you, to understand what makes you. Understand what makes you sing and smile This will be our life's one quest To seek the one whose love has sought us Gazing on your shining beauty On just one word from you and everything changes, just one word from you will bring us life. Just one word from you and everything changes, just one word from you will bring us One word from you Your servants are listening. Speak Lord. Your servants are listening. Your servants are listening. Speak Lord. Your servants are listening. Your servants are listening.
3: Maybe seated. What a beautiful prayer to sing before the message. Thank you, Amanda and team. It is such a joy to be here. Uh, we, we have so many memories. Mary Beth, my wife, is with me. We were on campus last night and just walking across campus, and just the memories start flooding of who remember back in the 80s when we were students and dating and now for me to stand about this spot in this sanctuary brings about more memories as this is where one of my most significant vows was made and just to look at the faces here so many have um, I've known for years we've known and so many are new faces as well know that it's a joy for me to be here as I share in different churches I am very aware that I'm sharing to a lot of people who don't even know what a district is and so for someone to come as a district superintendent may may say well what is that uh basically the district is as pastor west said earlier 33 churches across western new york westland churches in buffalo area jamestown area up in niagara orleans county and and really almost every county in west of rochester area and as we serve these churches i'd say we do four things primarily as a district we are strengthening and supporting the pastors. Uh, we meet together uh, through the year as pastors to bring leadership training, to encourage, to hold accountable the different pastors in these churches and try to work together as a team through the leaders of each of the churches networking together. We also are planting churches and we've been a part of that some in the last uh, couple of years, uh, Home City Wesleyan Church with Dr. David Chimendez started in the Buffalo area. Actually, a group from uh, the staff in Fillmore, uh, Mike Rigglesworth and Annie Parks, are, are working on a mission. We're not really called a church yet, but uh, really a ministry to young adults in the South Buffalo area, Orchard Park even. And so uh, Delta Project is, is something that's in the germination uh, stages of a church. And other things is God is laying that on the hearts of different people, pastors and Lay, lay people in the district just that there's a call to reach the city or to reach a, a particular community that doesn't have a church and so we're to, we're helping to facilitate the reaching of um, planting of churches we're also trying to create partnerships between churches realizing that it is is we are much more effective as we don't uh just just stay to ourselves but we can partner with neighboring churches and churches throughout the district so we'll pray for each other. We'll, we'll, we'll help each other in different needs. It's, it's great to see this church help other churches that are maybe the resources are, are, are less or maybe some of the people uh, just don't have this, the skills or the, the ministry experience. And to see some of the stronger churches helping the weaker and, and some of the, the smaller churches even inspiring some of the larger. And so we'll pray for each other as a district will work together as churches. And last, we'll, we'll try to, to build up ministries that maybe as an individual church can't do alone. And uh, I think uh, the, the Haiti mission trip is an example. As many of the larger churches can do that, but some of the small churches couldn't have a, an entire mission trip uh, like that. And so we'll work together. We'll do the family camp in the summer here on, on Houghton campus. We'll have retreats for women or for the pastors and spouses, different things at the that we feel like we can do more together than, uh, than any church can do individually. So it is good to be with you. But my main purpose for being here is not to share about the district. I just want to sort of introduce that to you. But really to have the sacred privilege of, of bringing the Word of God to you and, and sharing what the Lord has laid on my heart. I've been sharing not the exact same message, but this, this, this theme in the different churches as I've shared just what God is wanting our hearts to be changed. And so this morning, as we look at the word of God, I want want us to open up our hearts. That's why I love the song that we just sang, Lord, speak, your servants are listening. And so as I bring the word of God, this this is because I think that the word of God has the power to change lives. And I believe that we here, the church gathered, are are open to God speaking. The passage I'd like to, to look at is the one we read earlier in the service, and, and I have it in my notes, and it's gonna be on the PowerPoint, I think. We'll see what comes up. But it's Matthew 6, verses 28 to 34. Beautifully read before, and I'm not gonna read it again, but I want us to just reflect on, on a couple of key passages here. You see it on the screen. And I want just to look at, at what Jesus is saying, and as you read through this, just ask the Lord, speak to me something I need to hear in this passage today. So let me just give you a minute to read it silently. Go on to the next screen. Let's pray, Father, these words that Jesus spoke that Matthew wrote that have been brought to us through the centuries to be revealed to us as your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through them today. Give me as the preacher of the word, as the words you want me to say, and give us listening ears, And a humble and receptive heart. Show us that which you would have for us today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Of that passage, I want to zoom in on one verse, verse 33. That's the the focus of of the message. And that's where, where Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well where Jesus is saying that that we must seek him now if you read the entire passage part of what Jesus is saying is, is don't be anxious and we may be worrying about different things and it's, if, if you're in an anxious state it's It's rarely helpful and sometimes a little annoying for someone to come to you and say, don't worry about that. It just doesn't help. And what Jesus is doing more than just saying, don't worry, he's number one telling us why we don't need to worry. And why would that be? Because God knows what you need. Because God will take care of you. God has taken that responsibility of providing for that list of things. And I would add to that, whatever you're worried about today whatever you're tempted to be anxious about today, God is responsible for for providing that in his way. So he said, Jesus is saying, don't worry because God is gonna take care of you. But he also is telling you, this is what you should do instead of worry. This is the thing that you must fill your pursuits, your mind, your heart with. And that's to seek first His kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And if we do that, if we will be obedient to that pursuit, that is our responsibility, then Jesus says, God is going to provide all that you're worried about anyway. He is saying that if we will take care of what God has asked us to do, God is more than capable of doing all that we would otherwise try to pursue with our own energy, with our own strength, with our own abilities. And so turn that, that trust away from your own ability unknown to God. This invitation to seek God, to seek his righteousness, to seek his kingdom is something, as, as I look through scripture, I find it throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, seek God with all your heart. He'll be found by you. Even in that passage, I, I love to quote dealing with revival about if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and he will hear our prayer and heal our land. I found it in David's writing in Psalm, Psalm 37, 4. And if we look at that, and I wanted to compare that with Matthew 6, 33, because of the parallels I see between these two verses, David is saying, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now David in this is not teaching that God gives us whatever you want. Whatever you desire, God's gonna give you. David, of all people, knows that sometimes we desire things that are not good for us. His life was wrecked in many ways by that desire for Bathsheba. And so he's not saying that God's gonna give you anything you look for. But he says, if you will desire God, if you will desire and delight in Yahweh, then he will give you the desires of your heart. But our job, our responsibility there is to turn our hearts toward God, to turn our delight towards God, that that which is our primary yearning, that which is our primary motivation in all that we do becomes the things of God, the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God becomes our heart's desire. As I've thought about Prayer. And even read some of what Jesus teaches on prayer. He's saying it's not when we pray, we're not informing God of, of something he doesn't know. It's not that we're saying, All right, God, I, I don't know if you really realize this, but I have you know this, this, and this going on in my life. God knows what we need before we ask. It's not that we're somehow earning his, his favor by spending an hour in prayer than then, all right, we've paid for this favor that God now needs to answer our prayer. That's a works kind of righteousness. What is the purpose of prayer? And as I understand it, it is our heart's yearning expressed to God. It is our heart's deepest desire exposed to God and saying, God, this is what I want in my life. And sometimes it's it's revealing to God in front of God, something that we realize doesn't need to be our heart's desire and us saying to God, change my heart so that my yearning lines up with what you want me to want. And by praying, we we're saying, God, make, help me to want what you desire. Such that when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, And gave us the Lord's prayer, which we we prayed earlier in the service. He wasn't saying, if you repeat this every day or every Sunday, then you're going to have done your prayer responsibility. That wasn't what Jesus was saying, because prayer is not about the works. So when Jesus teaches us to pray, in, in essence, he is teaching us what to yearn for. He is telling us that these are the things that you ought to want more than anything else. And so he begins the prayer. You can look at that if you want on Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Just just earlier in this chapter, Jesus gives us this part on prayer. He begins it with the praise. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He lifts up the name of God. But then that beginning of that prayer, your kingdom come. Lord, I want first your kingdom to come. Lord, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to the giving of the daily bread. We get to the forgiving of our sins. Keep us away from temptation. These are all parts of the prayer. But first in that yearning, and it goes along with David's prayer, delight yourself in the Lord. It goes along with Jesus' teaching, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lord, my prayer is it your kingdom would come. Now we may hear the word kingdom and not, not have the same image in mind that Jesus was. We, we sometimes think of medieval England when we think of a kingdom, of more of a political geographical kingdom. That's not applicable to what Jesus is saying. Although the Jews in that day were hoping that Jesus would restore a political kingdom, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is different. It is is hearts that have submitted to the authority and reign of God. And even as we apply that through the centuries and today, as we come today, when Jesus is saying, Seek first his kingdom, I think part of that is at least saying, For you, have you surrendered your life to the rule and authority of God in every aspect of who you are? In every decision that you make, is God king? Is he going to be the one to tell you? And if he tells you, are you going to be obedient? Then you're part of the kingdom. If you're living out your life for yourself, you're building your own kingdom. If you're working for some institution or company, then you're building that kingdom. But Jesus says, build my kingdom. Seek my kingdom. Be a part of that rule where Jesus is king. And we submit to that in everything that we do. When we delight ourselves in God, when we pray your kingdom come, we are saying, God, in my heart, I want everything about me to be submissive to what you, your rule and your authority over me. It's also, and I'll end with this point, but it's also that we would seek that beyond ourselves. That the kingdom would grow, that it would come in a greater way in this community, in this county. And, and so I, I want to end with that point. But, but as, as we start this kingdom mentality, it is very much, Lord, may my life be submissive to your rule and your authority. What does that mean for you today? Even going back to the passage where Jesus is saying, don't worry about about what you'll eat or where, where you'll go, what you'll, where you'll live, what you'll wear. You, you could apply it to something else. Don't worry about what you're gonna do after graduation. Don't worry about what you're gonna do in your job. Don't worry about how these, these bills are gonna be paid or how, how you're gonna deal with this difficult struggle that God somehow introduced into your life. Come to that point in your heart where you say, Lord, I seek first your kingdom. The righteousness of God is is very similar. It's not at all opposed to that. Let Let me compare the righteousness of God where we are to seek his righteousness with that second part of the prayer in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. To be righteous to, to be uh, to be seeking god 's righteousness, to say, God may the will of God be done in my heart, and let me just say as I start this this part, or emphasize this point, that our righteousness is not going to be based on us performing well for God, as believers who have trusted in God, we trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is his righteousness that that is is our glory. And that when God sees us, our sins are forgiven and he doesn't see our imperfection. He doesn't see our our many failures. He sees the righteousness of Christ. But I think our prayer as Jesus teaches us to pray is that we would continue to say, God, in my life, may your will be done that we would seek his righteousness to be not only what God sees but be more and more a reality in our lives and as we do that it is by submitting to that authority but also learning the will of God now, when we hear the word will, we, we sometimes think, well, there's this, this master plan, and every, every major decision we've made or we're going to make is you know, written down somewhere in heaven. We've got to somehow attain that. But I think a more helpful view of the will of God understands the Holy Spirit to be that guide that is with you constantly, day by day, minute by minute, helping you to make the decisions that are Maybe trivial as well as the major decisions that you face. And so when we're seeking the will of God, it's very much learning to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, learning to follow even some very basic things. I think we may get too too uptight about not understanding all of the will of God or having read scripture and say, well, there's parts of this I don't understand, God reveals to us what we need to know. And that which God has revealed to us, that which has been confirmed maybe by the people around us in our lives, follow that. He'll make clear the next step when we get there. Seek his righteousness means follow his will day by day. And as we, as we do we learn that there is always gonna be more that he's gonna teach us. There's gonna be more in store for us. But as we stop, if we, if we are disobedient on maybe a small matter, but on something that God has said, this is something you should do, it, it becomes like a, an ice jam. I'm, I'm new to Western New York and so this is a new thing to hear on the radio. There's an ice jam on this river and now there's flooding in this community. North Carolina, they didn't have those. but You know, understand the point is something gets clogged and now everything starts backing up behind it. And following the will of God and following the Holy Spirit, if we, if we stop on, on one matter, we may say, well, I'm just going to move on. You know, I, I'm not going to follow that area of my life, but I'm going to do other things. And God, tell me, tell me something else. What's next you want me to do? And I think God is up in heaven saying, take care of what I've told you to do. Do this part. That for you is my righteousness. That for you is your responsibility today. And once you've done that, there'll be more to come. There'll be this constant stream of God's spirit directing you and guiding you. But as we seek first his kingdom, as we seek first his righteousness, it is is surrendering control over even deciding which commands we obey and which commands we will not obey and to following him fully, unconditionally, unreservedly. God is desiring that our hearts would seek him, that that motivation, that primary factor is the things that God wants and that we do this by following him the direction of his spirit on a daily basis. Let me just close by, by applying this to the church. One of the songs we sang, I, I love just the selection of songs we had this morning, but it talked about that our heart would understand what, is, what God is passionate about, what God yearns for, that we would want the things that God wants for us. That as we, as we learn who God is, it becomes more significant for the following of his kingdom, following of His will, to say, "God, I understand that this is what is most important to you." And from what you know about God, what is most important to God? We may have different answers, so I want to assume. <coughs> Let me say as I've looked at Christ and his mission to the church. It is people of this world he cares about the environment he cares about the economy cares about you know the needs of people but let me even be more specific it's the spiritual condition of those that don't know jesus who don't understand the gospel and are living their lives without any understanding that god wants to rescue them from their sin, that God wants to restore their relationship with Jesus Christ, with God through Jesus Christ. And that God is, if, if I think if we could hear the heart of God beat, it would be for people, and I'm not just talking about in Haiti or in foreign lands, but there are people within the shadow of this church. <laughs> within your realm of influence. That this morning they are worrying about so many things. They're worrying and their life is in shambles and, and, and they need this message. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about these things. God's gonna take care of that if we will seek him. And part of our call to seek the kingdom of God is to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be people that will take this good news to people in our lives and share this. As we began a new year, 2013, we're about a third of the way through it now, God has impressed on my heart that I not only need to be administrator, leading in the district, preaching different responsibilities he's called me to do. But I need to be about telling those that are lost about the good news of Jesus. And it's been part of my daily prayer practice is to pray, Lord, I pray for the people in my neighborhood. I pray for the people around me, people I interact with on a weekly basis that don't know Jesus. Lord, let me have that influence because I'm, I'm praying am praying. That I would be able to, to win some of them, to know Jesus Christ, to, to, to lead them to that, that saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's become my prayer for the churches. My prayer particularly for the pastors. And I've, I've told them this. One of my goals is pray that every pastor in the district I, would be seeking that. And that they would be able to sometime in 2013 be able to say, I, I've walked someone into, that, into the kingdom. I've ushered them into an understanding of the gospel that they believed and are saved. So we work with different churches. There have been several churches, this is not one of them, but several churches have gone years, five, six, seven years, without reporting a salvation, without celebrating a baptism, without seeing the lost in their community come to know who Jesus is. That Th- that grieves my heart. I, I think that grieves God's heart. That is what the church is called to do. Let me just say this. I'm praying for Pastor Wes and the staff on this. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the only. You're, you're, it's not the professional Christians that are to go out and, and to, to tell people about Jesus. But my challenge is for you. Who is it that God has put into your life? Today is worry. Today is all anxious because they really don't have that peace. They don't know that God will take care of them. They don't, they're not seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. They need to know. My prayer is that each of us would have that, that privilege, that, that joy of sharing the good news with those around us. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it's a neighbor, a coworker roommate I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to start applying this to who God is laying on your heart but when we say seek first the kingdom of God, seek first his righteousness I think he's saying put these things that are, that are most important in God's economy in God's realm that which is eternal, that which will, will not rust and decay seek that other things may be put to the side so that you can focus most on this live your lives for him for his kingdom for his glory let us pray Father fill our hearts with your spirit that we would yearn for you, that you would become that primary motivation, that that heart's desire, that, that which is first, that you would become king of our lives. Lord, if there's any area of our life in which we have not been obedient, in which we have not surrendered that lordship to you, maybe today surrender that and say, God, I, I follow you. Forgive me for not being obedient to you in this matter. Help me, give me the strength to do what you've called me to do. If there's any sense in which our righteousness has been, been polluted by the things of this world, Purify our heart. Give us the strength to follow you, your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to take this kingdom to our community. I pray that we would be passionate about praying for those that don't know Christ, that we'd be obedient in whatever way you would share with us to share, you would give to us to share. May we not be ashamed of your gospel with those that most desperately need to hear it. Empower us to be your witnesses, to fulfill the mission of the church. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let's stand as we sing together.
1: By faith we see the hand of God In the light of creation's grand design In the lives of those who prove his faithfulness Who walk by faith and not by sight By faith our fathers rolled the earth Ha oh. church was called to go. Shall be moved, and the power of the gospel shall prevail. For we know in Christ all things are possible. For all who call